It's time for Love Talk with the Lovelies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love talking today about decisions. Thanks, Gabby. This is Evelyn Davison, and you're listening to the Love Ladies. And in the studio today is, uh, oh, one of the sweetest, lovable people I've ever known. And uh, we just uh, want to thank you for joining us today. And, and Carrie, uh, life is streaming by. It is, And Ms. we are Evelyn. excited. It is streaming by. You're using a, a new term, Miss Evelyn, that um, I'm sure our listeners are familiar with. And streaming, that is something mm-hmm. that they can do. Uh, live stream us from the app, from the Bridge Austin app, which is so great that we have that ability today. Hello, friends. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and you have found the Love Ladies here on Love Talk. Welcome to the show. We're so grateful and blessed to have you today. Love talking and love walking with us. Of course, we also have on the line our beautiful friend, Kathy Brock. Welcome, Kathy. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Miss Evelyn. It's great to be with you guys today. I love this new series. It is making me take a look at 2020 in a whole different perspective. We have started this series on decisions and making decisions God's way. And last week on the, our program that we did on Paul, oh my goodness, it was so good. And I'm excited mm-hmm. that we're doing Joshua this week. And you know, this one thing that keeps ringing through my mind is that Cornell study that we looked at where it said the average adult makes over 35,000 conscious decisions every day. I don't know how that can be every day. Literally in my notes, I put every year because <laughs> it seems like such a big number, but it's every, every day. day. Yeah. And, you know, so it's really made me think about my decisions. What are those defining decisions that are going to affect all the other decisions? And what are those decisions that I really don't even bother thinking about that maybe I need to be a little bit more purposeful about? Mm-hmm. And so I just I'm, I'm enjoying this series, going back and looking at all of our faith predecessors and our fathers of the faith and really discussing the decisions that they've made, how they've made those decisions, what happened as a result. And today we are going to look at Joshua. And I'm so excited about this guy who was, I mean, he grew up a slave and became a a leader of Israel. And it's just such a great story to see all of the decisions that he made, what prompted those decisions and um, and Evelyn and Carrie, I am really excited about you guys sharing some of the decisions that you've made, maybe even talking about a decision that you guys have totally messed up, but maybe <laughs> that Jesus has fixed. It, that would take a whole program. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take about a year for me. So um, absolutely, this series on decisions really has my brain working and really thinking about how we go about making decisions, not only the big decisions that are life changers for us, Mm -hmm. but just everyday things um, and and how I approach those. So this is highly beneficial and really has my brain working over time. Let's look at our scripture for the day from Joshua 24. It's the very end of the verse, verse verse 15 It's actually a very long verse, and this is the very end of it. And Joshua says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
And I know you've probably heard that. You may even mm-hmm. have a plaque up in your house or it uh, embroidered on a pillow. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think once you hear the program today, you will have a new appreciation and understanding for where this verse came from and what it truly meant to this man and those around him. Now, Miss Evelyn, I tell you what, girl, you're almost 89 years young and uh, doing amazing things every single day. What is going on in your world, friend? Well, just covering the land. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when the Lord calls you outside your home base or your, you know, your everyday base, and gives you a new assignment. It's just an exciting thing, but it's also Curious sometimes, you know, just trying to put all the pieces together. So mm-hmm. uh, the core principle I think we have to understand about who we are uh, is that um, we define decisions for our life. And Jesus taught us really well about doing that. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we look at where we are, uh, land today in Israel is priceless. And... When we look at it from the point of view of what it has to do with our lives, it is a promise, promise uh, that God made that he is redeeming and uh, refining. And so, you know, when we look at where we are and we choose, we have to choose to ourselves this day whom we will serve sure. mm-hmm. as we and um, for me and my house uh We've made a decision. We're going to serve the Lord. And, you know, Moses' uh, replacement of love is just really powerful. And it's not nearly as powerful as the love of the Lord Jesus. And so you can love the land. And that's what the Jewish families did and and do today. Mm -hmm. You know, we have got to save Israel. We've got to save Jerusalem. Well, you know... uh... President Trump put in place this week some very powerful, I guess they are really more suggestions um, for Israel and Palestine uh, because the Palestinian leaders weren't exactly thrilled over it. Mm -hmm. But I bet they come around. I bet they do. And, you know, that land is precious, Miss Evelyn. And, you know, the Bible says that... um, Hey, you know, they're going to fight over this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but to put some things in place that would really establish um, Israel and, and just kind of solidify who they are uh, would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I love that this is important to our president um, because he knows how important it is to these mm-hmm. two people groups. Um, and, and so I look forward to seeing where that goes. Now, Kathy, I know you have been so excited about the events from this past week and the March for Life. March for Life was so great. This is the thing that really got me. When you went, well, when I looked at some of those pictures that came from all around the United States of all the different March yes. for Life events, and then there were hundreds of thousands people of people gathered together, and there was like snow under their feet. Some mm-hmm. of them were holding umbrellas because the weather was so bad. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that it's kind of a rain or shine. Uh, snow or sleet, whatever is going on, we stand for life. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you look at the number of people who come out to stand for life. And it's fantastic the number of 
of, of hearts that God is just working on to bring out and to start to use their voice. And ladies, now I know you wouldn't have missed this a historic event that a president of the United States actually spoke at the yes. March for Life event in D.C. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of people gathered together, and it was magnificent. I loved it. it I was. posted it on Facebook. I had a friend who said, this is my dream president. <laughs> well, we have the biggest, we have the biggest uh, group this year that we've ever had at the Capitol. Well, you know, More. it's interesting, Miss Evelyn, that you say that. I, you know, of course, I have a lot of teenagers and uh, young twenty-somethings on my Instagram feed um, because of the nature of the work that I do. And a lot of people that I know, um, young people, were mm-hmm. at that March for Life here in Austin mm-hmm. and across the nation, honestly, holding signs, standing up for um, the unborn, Yes. Um, which, wow, I mean, that is huge. When we can reach the young people, that then we then we are doing our job that is for sure so it was glorious to see all of the coverage of that from the past week so what fun well Kathy let's talk about Joshua we've got this bold statement here that he is that he is making choose for yourselves is what he says first and then he says as for me and my house Here's we what, will serve, serve the, the Lord. Lord. He said, here's what we're going to do. Uh, you can choose for yourselves, but here's what we're going to do. Can you give us some background on that, Kath? Yeah, you know, it's, it's really amazing. Joshua, the more I learned about him, I thought he was just kind of like this assistant to Moses that Moses mm-hmm. kind of raised up. And, well, I mean, God raised him up, you know, through his relationship with Moses. But he's so, he, he's so much more than that. And he lived 110 years, so uh, he, he got a bit of experience under his belt, and he did not die in battle, even though he uh, defeated more kings and took more land than King David mm. himself, mm. Um, which I found incredibly interesting. So Joshua, this I also didn't realize, he actually grew up oppressed as a slave in Egypt. So, you know, he left when Moses, um, when God delivered the people of Egypt, the Israelites, the Hebrew people, um, through Moses, uh, Joshua was one of those people. And he, as a man, he was known for his devotion, his commitment, his outrageous courage, as well as his encouragement of others. And here's a really neat tidbit. He was actually renamed by Moses. So his original name was Hosea, which means salvation. But Moses renamed him, and the Bible does not tell us why, but Moses renamed him to Yehoshua, which means Mm -hmm. God is salvation or God saves. So his name was changed from just meaning salvation to God is salvation, which I think is so profound because his entire life he pointed the people of Israel to God and the deliverance and salvation that God had brought for them. And so he did start out as Moses' assistant, but a very close assistant. Wherever Moses went, Joshua went. Even when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, it says Joshua went with him which is just incredible because I thought that nobody went with Moses. I actually had to reread through the, the scripture several times because I couldn't believe what I was reading. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see that Joshua was actually, he led the people of Israel in their very first battle 
um, ever that they ever had, which was against the Amalekites. And it was before they ever entered the promised land. And friends will remember it because it's when Moses hands his, has his hands lifted and Aaron's on one side, her is on the other. And every time the hands would go down, they'd start losing the battle. Every time Moses' hands would go up, Joshua and the people of Israel would begin to, to win the battle. Now, this is just a quick introduction, but I know we're out of time for our first seg- uh, with our first segment. So, friends, I want you to hold on and stay with us because there was a special description that God alone had for Joshua uh, that he did not even refer to Moses in this way. You're going to want to find out what was the special name that God had for Joshua. Friends, stay with us. and We'll be right back after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the love ladies. Welcome to Love Talk. I'm Coach Carrie Berinkater, of course, here with the First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison, and our beautiful friend calling us from Boise, Idaho, Kathy Indebrock. You are listening to The Bridge, Austin. Thank you so much for joining us. Decisions. Defining decisions. What decisions have you made even this year that are defining the way you're walking, talking, living. Are they decisions that have been that you consulted with God first, or are they just decisions that you made thinking that it was the right way? Man, this series is so insightful, and today we're looking at uh, Joshua, the life of Joshua. He, as Kathy took us out before the break, you know, Joshua grew up, as a slave, he was oppressed as a slave in Egypt, but yet rose to mighty power. And Ms. Evelyn said during the break, she said, you know, he just did it all. He did it all. Um, Kathy, take us through a little bit more here of Joshua's life, some more of his background, so we can better understand um, this man, this great man of God. Well, there's this description that God had for Joseph. Or excuse me, for Joshua, that only that God only God referred to him in this way, and it's taken out of Numbers twenty-seven, verse eighteen, that jo- Joshua is described by God as quote a man who has the spirit in him, and so you think of someone who has the spirit of God in them. Back in 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 Old Testament, this was outrageous to think of that, and it's also fantastic because we get to see the mention of the spirit of God. Um, so we get to see the, the Godhead, the three persons in one. And so God called Joshua a man who had the spirit in him. And um, so Joshua was, as you said, Carrie, he was raised a slave in Egypt. And we're going to get to see how that perspective also uh, kind of changed the way he looked at things moving Forward. Mm-hmm. And it's recorded that Joshua defeated 31 kings. He conquered their mm-hmm. cities, their territories, and it began with the fortified city of Jericho, which many of our listeners are familiar with that story. Now, Joshua, he led the nation of Israel in battle for seven years going into the promised land. And then he spent an additional seven years dividing up the land between all the 12 tribes of Israel. And then when Joshua passed away at 110 years, uh, just a, a very natural death, and he was, he was buried by his people. He did not die in battle, but he was succeeded by a series of judges that raised up God following his death. So he was kind of that last great leader after Moses. 
Um, and then we see anyone can go to the book of Joshua. It, it's um, right after uh, Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. And you can actually read through that entire book. And it's believed to have been written by Joshua during the very later years of his life. So we see this incredibly rich life of Joshua. He was a slave. He was a very close personal assistant to Moses. He was one of the greatest warriors Israel ever saw. He was commander over the armies of Israel, and he became a national leader, leading the Hebrew people into the promised land. And, you know, there... When we, we, when we introduced this, this series, we talked about these defining decisions. These are, these are decisions that have a very clear impact on a person's life and on a person's future. And so there was one particular defining decision that Joshua made that really impact, impacted every other decision he would ever make again. And it's the decision that he makes. And he not only makes it, but he shares it with the people of Israel. And this is our opening uh, scripture. Joshua makes the decision when he lays out everything for the people of Israel. He says, choose yourselves this day who you are going to serve. Mm-hmm. But as for me, if, me and my house, what we are choosing to do is we're going to serve the Lord. Now, so, Carrie, we, we've looked a lot at the outside facts of Joshua's life, kind of his outside accomplishments, if you will. Um, but. I want if you can talk a little bit about these defining decisions and what they teach us, what it teaches us about Joshua's heart and how he really approached decision making. Absolutely. So, you know, this verse, um, Joshua twenty four fifteen, comes at the end of a long speech by Joshua. It's actually the last speech that he gave to the Israelite people right before he dies. Just this, like you said, Kathy, this peaceful death It's like, OK, my job is done. I'm tired, right? And the way he finished his job was with this speech imploring the Israelite people to renew their covenant with God. What, what, what always kind of baffles me, and of course I am not an Old Testament scholar, is that these people, these, this Israelite people constantly had to be reminded of what God had done for them, right? I mean, in Joshua, he says, hey, look, and he starts with this speech. And, you know, a part of his speech is like, hey, let me remind you that you didn't do this with your own sword and bow. This land was given to you. Um, It's not a land that you toiled over. These cities you did not build. This was given to you. And so he just goes through and reminds them of everything God has done for them. How many times do we need that reminder, Miss Evelyn, of all the amazing things that God has done for us? So he just recounts it. And then at the end, he throws this verse in there. He's like, hey, you know what? I, I don't know what you guys are going to do, but you got to choose. It's your decision what you're going to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. This was a defining decision. Joshua understood this word serve because he had grown up as a slave. And so he knew that everybody has a master, right? And you have to decide who or what your master is on an every single day. He says, choose, decide. 
And for Joshua, he said, you know what? I'm not serving anybody else but the Lord. He could have said, as for me and my house, we will love the Lord. As for me and my house, we will lift up high the Lord. As, you know, he could have used any number of words here to describe what he and his household were going to do. But he said, we will serve the Lord. You know, even though the commandments, which were just read, spoke of love and honor and worship, Joshua didn't use any of these words to declare his decision. Instead, he decided and declared before all of Israel, because he brought everybody together, that he and his house were to serve the Lord. Um, You know, that was his top priority. So I want you to ask yourself this question. What or whom are you serving today? Is it the Lord or is it your job? Is it your children? You know, we can get wrapped up in so many things. Joshua said, oh, man, I want my master to be the Lord and I'm going to serve him. And my house is going to serve him. So what's your top priority in life? Now, Miss Evelyn, what do you think of this decision that Joshua makes? And, and do you believe that Joshua realized is something that we need to know as well? You know, it's interesting when you look back at the Old Testament, uh, which is word, the old word mm-hmm. in the New Testament is the new word, uh, and that the life of the Lord Jesus, he lived it a lot like Joseph lived his life. But the thing that's interesting about this is the core principle upon which he built the, the nation of Israel mm-hmm. because he had, he had a hand and a heart and a head in it more than anybody else to that point. Mm. And that is a major, major um, factor in who he was and what he did. And what he says, Jesus taught us uh, uh, pretty much what he taught, uh, what God taught uh, the Old Testament, in the Old Testament. And it is, uh, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But... Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What is treasures in heaven? You know, Miss Evelyn, I just broke out a big old smile because I think about what you always say. You know, that you want to have a big front porch in heaven and that you just mm-hmm. hope that the Lord, um, you know, blesses you in that way. And so that you can have all your people there sharing your stories and talking about Jesus. And that's why I got this big grin on my face because I think about how you describe those treasures in heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there but is you, one, you know, but it's in our heart, too. You know, we mm-hmm. can look forward to heaven, but we live heaven on earth as we love the Lord Jesus. And love right. Mm-hmm. And no one can serve two masters. We have to make that decision. Who will I serve? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing about Joshua. He didn't talk about love. He talked about serving. He did. And today, what's the big word? Love. Love, love. And, you know, we, can, we can't serve two masters. So you have to enter, uh, an, you know, a lifestyle of being an enemy to the one that you are not. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a strange statement, but it is so true. And, it, you know, the, the scripture, Matthew, says that you cannot serve both God and money. Either you hate one or you love the other, but you have to be devoted to one. So in life, and that's what we're talking about here, we're talking about a committed life. That, that Joseph had, that he gave to the, Lord, he, to the Father, to the God of all, 
And we look at it today as we stand on that realm of the Lord Jesus and the love that he has for us and the love that he wants to give away. You know, Joshua said he didn't do it for love. He did it for service. Jesus lived his life for love. God is love. And so when you look at it from our point of view, uh, you know, you can be devoted to something, but you can't not let it take your life. Well, and and you just said right now that's kind of a buzzword, right? Love one another, love the people, mm-hmm. love everyone, love, 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 love. And yes, that that speaks a very powerful message. It does. But when you add the word, when you replace that with the word serve, yes, oh, it takes on a completely different connotation, right? That takes work and it takes action. And that 35 is, years, <laughs> right? Of, 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 of serving Miss yes. Evelyn. Yes. And your treasures, you know, you said that, that it, the work starts here on earth, mm-hmm. you know, um, as you tell people about Jesus and not serving them. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, we're going to talk about some decisions that maybe we've made, the love ladies have made in our lives, and how did those define us, and what happened with those when we return to Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy Endebrock, and in the KTXW, the Bridge Austin studio, is our beautiful Miss Evelyn Davison and Coach Carrie Brinkater. We are talking today about decisions, making decisions God's way. And we're talking specifically today about Joshua in the Old Testament, Joshua's greatest decision. And we've introed this through our first two segments. I can't believe it's the it's the third segment, friends. I tell you, Saturdays just go by a little bit too fast, don't they? Well, we talked about Joshua and his decision that he not only made, but that he shared with the entire nation of Israel. And that is, he said, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So he made this decision. And we see as well something we talked about in the first and second segment is his word choice here, even though. Joshua had just reviewed the Ten Commandments for the nation of Israel, and these Ten Commandments talked about love and worship and honor. Uh, Joshua didn't use any of those words. He didn't say that, as for me and my house, we're going to love the Lord, or we're going to worship the Lord, or we're going to honor the Lord. He used the word serve, and that takes us right back to his upbringing as a slave. He understood that everybody serves something. And at this time in Joshua's life, he had a choice about who he was going to serve. And he was telling the people of Israel, we have a choice about who we are going to serve. We're not slaves in Egypt anymore. We get to choose. And we need to be purposeful about that decision. You need to choose who you're going to serve. And let me tell you, I am going to choose to serve the Lord. And I love this about Joshua, that he stands up and he declares this really life, a defining life decision. He shares it with other people. And Evelyn Carey, you talked a bit in the second segment about this connection between service and love that Christ continually made in the New Testament, where he talked about, hey, the stuff that you're going to love, 
Make sure the stuff that you love, that you seek after, is are heavenly things and not earthly things that are going to be destroyed. Uh, but make sure that you're choosing the right master when you're where, where you're putting your love. Christ always talked about when you serve others, serve them in my name. If you want to love me, go and serve these people. Um, Christ said that he came um, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we see that who we serve and what we serve and what motivates us, it does highlight where our love is and and who we love. And it who we serve, it points to something bigger than ourselves. And, and so, Carrie, I did want to focus on, on this one thing, and I have a question for you. The fact that Joshua declared his decision to all of Israel, he didn't have to do that. He could have silently made that decision. Have you ever made a decision, Carrie, that you decided to declare or or share with everyone around you? And maybe what what is the difference between decisions that we share and decisions that we keep to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I'll answer the first the, the second question first. What is the difference between a decision we share and a decision we keep to ourselves? You know, a decision that we share becomes real as soon as it comes out of our mouth. A decision that we keep in our heads that we say, okay, I'm going to decide to do this. It's really not important to anyone but you. And you you haven't made it real yet until you say it out loud. When we say things out loud, then we're held accountable. And we're held accountable, hopefully, by those that love us and that support us in that decision. And... You know, there's a lot of decisions that we make in our lives, and a lot of those require a backbone. I'm constantly talking to my teenagers about a backbone, right? When you're around people who are not believers, when you're around certain groups of people, do you have the armor of God on? Do you have a backbone? Are you going to be able to stand up for these morals, ethics, and values that you hold dear or are you going to be floating around in the breeze like one of those giant blow-up things outside the used car dealership, right? Um, and, you know, nobody wants to be floating around in the breeze. So I, I think back, you know, I've had many defining decisions in my life, some good, some very bad. Um, that led me on a very wrong path. Um, but I think about when I was in first grade, and I don't have a lot of memories from childhood. I don't know if that's because I just led a pretty benign life, and I, you know, I didn't have a lot of trauma or anything. I had great parents who loved me. Um, but I remember this. I remember giving my heart to Jesus one night um, with my parents, and I told them, Mommy, Daddy, I, I want to have Jesus in my life. I want to have Jesus in my heart. And so they prayed a prayer with me um, mm. to help me, and they made sure that I understood what I was doing. Carrie, this means that Jesus comes to live in your heart forever, and you can always lean on him. And I remember those words, but I remember this even more vividly. I remember the next day I went to school. My first grade teacher, her name was Mrs. Settle. I can't remember any of the other teachers that I had, kindergarten, second, third, fourth, fifth. I, can't, I don't remember their names. But I remember Mrs. Settle, and I went to school, and I not only told her, but I told the whole class that I had asked Jesus into my heart. Mm. And I said, hey, and I'm going to be baptized soon. I want everybody to come. Mm. You know, that I, I 
can look back on that and, and put a stake in the ground and say, yes, I made a decision for Jesus. Even at a very young age, I made a decision for Jesus. And I told everybody about it that would listen. And how old were you? I was seven. Seven. And um, I, I, I made that decision. And, you know, I don't know. I, I remember that because I know that God has given me that memory so that I can always look back and go, you know what? I did. I did declare you as my Lord and Savior. I did. And I wanted everybody to know. I could have kept that decision to myself. I could have, you know, just mm-hmm. not told anyone, um, but that decision was real to me, and it was big. Life-changing. Life-changing. You know, a seven-year-old, it's not like I was, you know, a former drug addict, and I came to know the Lord at seven years old mm-hmm. and made this huge turnaround, but it was a decision I made that I wanted people to know about. It was that important. And maybe that's the key word here that I'm looking for, Miss Evelyn, is that when we make important decisions in life, we need others to know, to hold us accountable mm-hmm. to that decision. Um, you know, it's it's to get encouragement. Um, and I, I think that that is super important as we move forward. Just simple things like right now, you know, I've decided to run this half marathon with my daughter. <laughs> if I don't speak it out loud, I'm not going to do my training. And so I've got to have people hold me accountable to do my training so that I can walk um, the day after I do the marathon and not, you know, I want to go in there trained up, but I've got to have people hold me accountable. Yeah. Well, you have to be willing uh, to serve and not just love. And that's what Joshua taught his people. Mm-hmm. You've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to serve, not just love. And, you know, God made us to be strong and he tells us in second timothy 1 7 that he has not given us a spirit of fear but what did he give us spirit of power power and love mm-hmm. absolutely and a sound mind. I, three things mm-hmm. power and love and a sound mind what is a sound mind a sound mind is when you're settled on what you know and where you're going to go and that's when, Miss Evelyn, I think we're able to make these big decisions um, that require a backbone and require us to stand up for what we believe in um, because God has given us this sound mind. And I like how you describe that. Now, Kathy, you know, we'll go back to Joshua here. There is this amazing encouragement that throughout Joshua's life gets repeated again and again and again. Help us understand that as we look at this decision again. Uh, you know, I'm so excited to share this with, with everyone because this is something that I thought appeared in the Old Testament once. I thought it got spoken once. But when I got into Exodus and Numbers and Joshua, there is a certain phrase that is spoken from God to Moses two times, from Moses to Joshua two times, directly from God to Joshua, and then finally from Joshua to the people of Israel. Like we see this phrasing happen again and again and again. And it was this, it was an encouragement that Joshua heard throughout his life. And I believe it's really the truth that enabled him to live as boldly as he did to accomplish the incredible excesses successes that we see him achieving throughout his life. And and this is what I want to tell our friends today. 
this is an encouragement that God continues to speak to his people in one form or another throughout the Old and New Testaments to his children today. It is an encouragement I would like to share with you. And it is this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's in De- Deuteronomy 1.6. And I'll, I'll share with you a, another phrasing of it in Joshua. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And there are phrasings of that even in the New Testament to us today. And I won't get in those. Um, you can do a quick word search on Bible Gateway and look that up. But, you know, Joshua was known for his outrageous courage for being outrageously courageous and I believe it was because of this scripture this word of encouragement that he heard over and over growing up that Moses spoke to him that God spoke to him personally and it's a word that he felt was so important an encouragement that he felt was so important that he passed on as well to the people of Israel and Miss Evelyn, I know that we're, we're going to go to break, but I do have a question for you. And okay. when we get back from break, I would like you to to kind of share your answer with us that when we accept this encouragement from God, that we can be strong and courageous, that we do not have to be afraid, that he will be with us wherever we go. When we accept that encouragement from God is true and reliable. How does that change? our decision-making. Miss Evelyn, when we get back from listening to our amazing sponsors, I know that you're going to, that you're going to um, help us wrap our head around that, how it impacts our decision-making. Friends, stay with us. Uh, we're going to hear from a word for our amazing sponsors that keep Love Talk on the air and keep us with you every Saturday. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. I and the love ladies. I hope you enjoyed that word from our amazing sponsors who have been with the First Lady of Love, Evelyn Davison, many for 35 years. <laughs> what an absolute blessing they are. Decisions, decisions, decisions. You know, before we went to break, we're talking about these verses. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Joshua heard this encouragement for him his whole life. Wow. Wow. These are powerful words, Miss Evelyn. They give us such, oh, man, such courage. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. As we hear those words, how our decision making can be impacted. Miss Evelyn, how will our decision making change as we begin to accept this encouragement from God as true and reliable. How does that impact our decisions? Well, it, it works in the heart and in the mind. And we will look at three things that he gives us. Three things he gives us when we reach that point in life sometimes. First of all, was he did not give us a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. It is a spirit of, of assurance mm-hmm. that I love you. I will care for you. I will provide for you. Uh, that part is a gift. And, and I, but he also, the spirit of fear comes, 
uh, when we don't accept those things and move in the direction he calls us to. But the other thing is he gives us love. Gives us power first. Then he gives us love. Mm-hmm. And we have to stop and think about that. You know, the scripture says God is love. And if we're believing on the Lord Jesus, we have his love. But the fa- it even goes higher through the power of the Holy Spirit to the Father. And so then the other thing that he gives us, and this is the thing that is of the greatest need in our nation today, is a sound mind. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a troubled mind? Absolutely. How has that affected your life? You know, when you have a troubled mind, Miss Evelyn, for me, I almost feel paralyzed. Like, I can't even make any decision. Afraid. Yes. Afraid. Yes, because, you know, when you try to take on those burdens yourself, it just rattles around in your brain, and it gives, for me, I I can't speak for everyone, it gives me a spirit of timidity. I second-guess everything. Am I doing this right? Am I a terrible mom? Am I a terrible wife? Oh, I am a terrible mom. I am a terrible wife. Oh, I didn't make that good decision. I I was poor in that today. Oh, my stars. It can just go on and on and on. But, you know, he assures us in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, that even in our weaknesses, Mm. what happens? We're made strong. We are strong. Why? Because the power of his spirit. He tells us that uh, when we stumble or lose faith, he will remain faithful. Because this is his character. This is who he is. Who he is. He never throws away. There's no dis- discount given. And then when he make decisions, a place of courage and not fear, a place of confidence as a child of God, what happens? We begin to make decisions that are profoundly more filled with purpose and that are effective. And, you know, it's, it's not easy sometimes to make a decision. Well, and I tell you, Miss Evelyn, this is this is so freeing, right? That that as we listen to these verses and we're encouraged yes. by these verses, right? Don't don't be afraid, okay? Hey, that's a gift he that's gives. A gift, right? Don't. Like he plugs us into the electricity. <laughs> you know, it, it becomes <laughs> good way to put it. We become connected in a way that you know, little by little by little, is the way we grow. Well, we don't grow in a great big, you know, arena. We grow when we pick up God's word, control, allow him to control us, control us by his spirit. My voice is bad today. I'm sorry. And lead us just like he led Joshua in the land of plenty. Well, and it's ours. That strong and courageous allows us then to be purposeful and effective in our decisions. Then we're ready if we believe these verses. I'm with you, kid. Come on now. I'm with you. Make that hard decision. Make it. You know, be proud of that decision and make that hard decision. So, Kathy, I've got to ask you this question. You know, as we look at these hard decisions, um, life-changing, purposeful, impactful decisions, have you ever made a hard decision or a wrong decision that Jesus fixed for you? Um, I, I, man, I, I can't wait to hear this answer. <laughs> okay, a hard decision. Probably the hardest, the first hardest decision for me was getting married. That was the scariest, most thing, <laughs> I tell you. And uh, I... 
you know, I, at the time, I probably should not have been getting married because I really went into it with the perspective that, like, you know, if it doesn't work out, we can yeah. always get a divorce, which, you know, what a horrible, horrible perspective to go mm-hmm. into marriage with. And um, I definitely, I you know, I went into it definitely putting my career first. I was very, very selfish. And, you know, God gave me this amazing husband who was so patient and so gentle and so kind. Uh, but he would only put up with me to a certain point, you know, and then he would be kind of like, all right, all right, all right. We're, you know, the enough is enough. And, uh, so we had to we had to work through things, but it was amazing how God was always there to work through our selfishness and to work with us and to get us on common ground when we were so far apart. And there was a point that we got to where, um, you know, God had really gotten a hold of our hearts and, and we had this really hard decision uh, to make together as a married couple and we had these brilliant careers. We were overseas in Australia and we were, you know, financially very successful and had a really rewarding uh, career. And uh, but all of a sudden, God started changing our hearts about, you know, having children and actually having a family, which was something that we'd always said no to before. And he kind of brought us to the edge of this precipice where we both felt as though we are supposed to walk away from our our lifestyle mm-hmm. and our life in Australia, um, go back to the United States um, and start a family, which meant giving up a career with, with no job in front of us, uh, going to a place where we really no longer had a lot of uh, or any friends. I mean, you know, we had gone right after college to Australia and been away for so many years and we had no place to live, no future plans other than we felt God was wanting us to go and, and start a family and be back in the in the U.S. And it was a really hard decision. And one of the one of the things that really helped us be able to make it is that God would not forsake us, that mm-hmm. that if if this was truly the decision he was calling us to make, then he would be there. He would help us each step of the way. And I could look back over my marriage and see how God had taken this horrible start for me in a marriage and and turned it into this solid, loving, encouraging, uh, incredible marriage and this this incredible man that had just become a, a better and better and better husband. And, and God had actually turned me into a pretty okay wife. You know, I could see <laughs> all the work that he had done. And so it just, it gave me the the courage when I could see how God had worked in us and see what he had done with us and seeing how far he had taken us and seeing these new desires that he was putting in us. It gave me that outrageous courage to be able to say, okay, I'm going to leave everything that I know and I'm going to go and I'm going to say yes to God and I'm going to do this thing that he's putting on our hearts to do. Well, it's the three things that he gives you. And and it is so exciting to think that it is power driven by love. Mm, Absolutely. You know, our strength and our power comes through love. And through this ability to understand that the Lord is by our side. 
you know, I, I don't understand as humans why we um, push away these awesome promises of God. Why do we do that, Miss Evelyn? Why do we look at this verse and go, ah, I don't know. I don't know if you're really going to be there with me, Lord. This is a big decision, man. Well, he builds it like a stairwell. You start on the bottom floor, and, you know, and I'm getting closer to the top. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is an exciting thing to look at life from the perspective of God's love mm-hmm. and the mercy that comes from him and the strength that comes from him. You know, it's, it's not easy to make decisions. If you don't have the power to do what you're asking for. And the mm-hmm. Lord Jesus, will he gives us love and he gives us these other things. But the most important thing I think we get from the Holy Spirit is stability. Well, and, you know, as we look at this, Miss Evelyn, and, you know, listening friends, you may be out there trying to make a, a big decision. And you're like, I don't know what to do. I tell you what, when you seek God's face... He will give you the answer. And you know what? There might be several different paths that you can take that God will bless. And if we make sure that it's scriptural, that it's holy, that it's not going to hurt anybody else or, you know, bring destruction to our family or or ourselves, then that path he's going to take you on, that's okay. You know, he didn't give us this spirit of fear, this spirit of, of being timid. He said, I'm giving you this purpose, and I'm giving you this courageous spirit and this strong spirit. And, and girlfriend, I'm right by your side. I'm right here. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Take that step. I love, Kathy, how, I mean, they picked up. They picked up a, from a life that, um, by worldly standards, was success. And they said, you know what, Lord, we're going we're gonna to take this giant step. We're moving to the next floor, and it's a big leap. And we're going to take it, and we're jumping right in because you tell us that you're with us. Friends, we love you so much. We thank you so much for joining us on Love Talk. Contact us. We're on Facebook. You can call us on the Love Line, 512-249-6535. Just remember that we're here for you. Find a church that's loving Jesus, that's preaching the word, and get into that word in that community. We'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.